Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our healthy living coaches, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, as they engage in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovation, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your business and personal navigational skills for ultimate achievement. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, it is Star Style. Welcome to all our power partners. This is an informational playground. It's Star Style. Be the star you are. Brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And you are listening to us live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. And talking about seeding, today is a garden gathering gala. It is all about being in the garden and connecting with nature. What we're going to be doing is it is going to be taking a walk through our gardens, and in segment two, you're going to meet Renee Shepherd of Renee's Garden, who will be dis- discussing seeds and seed scattering. In our third segment, we'll be talking with Jim Berry, founder of J. Berry Nursery, about his newest collections. And of course, in our first segment, Heather and I will be talking. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Children's Success Unlimited and Michael Verbrugge Construction, who sponsored our Moraga Fair the Be The Star You Are booth. We thank them very much. You can find out more about them at btsya.com. Go to events. And this is a quote by Henry David Thoreau. The world is but a canvas to the imagination. (laughs) We're all about imagination, right, Heather? Exactly. Well, we are dedicating this show to my sister Debbie and her beautiful garden. Next week, we will be walking through her oasis, and we'll be talking more about that. But right now, Heather and I want to talk about family gardening because, you know, this is the time of year where the weather is really getting beautiful and we're probably taking a bolder approach to our outdoor living and the outdoors just returns as a destination. So I know my childhood memories and family experiences were made in the garden and I have that nostalgia of, you know, hunting for butterflies and the summer barbecues and digging in the dirt. And so this is what we want to talk about is how we can bring that whimsy and happiness to our backyards by gardening with our kids and helping them, you know, be the stars they are. Yeah, 100%. And you know, you brought up a good thing uh, right in the beginning. 
is about getting kids outside today. That everything is video games and indoor books, and we know how hard just when it comes with work, how we can all get caught inside too. Um, so I think there's never a too young age to start with kids about getting a love of nature, but so many other things come with it. And you had said about you think of of barbecues and being kid and playing it and. Something I think about when I was a kid was just gardening with you about how you'd walk around the garden and you'd have your bikini top and your shorts on and one of those bandanas, and I wanted to emulate everything that you were doing too. And so that was that first kind of bonding of being outside and not really even understanding what I was doing, but having this shared time together and thinking, I want to be like mom. I'm doing this with mom. This is a fun activity together. But what for kids, what that's going to also create is not only this experience, but all these other life skills that we need. And first thing is I think it evokes curiosity. And which we Oh, I love just that said, because curious people yeah. end up being more imaginative exactly. and, and more yes. happy. So the curiosity, and there's so much to be curious yeah. about in the garden, and all the insects, the bugs. Exactly. And what you had said with you know, the quote today about having imagination, well, imagination, one of that is that curiosity, is to think differently, is to imagine, to be a curious about the what if. So the garden is a wonderful place to really ask those questions. And kids, as we know, as humans, we're, we feel very satisfied once we have an answer. And so it's curious, what's going to happen if we plant these seeds? You know, what will happen if worms get into the garden and butterflies? And starting that, too, is the what if that curiosity also brings into thinking from a scientific mind when it comes of kind of making a hypothesis. You know, what will happen if we plant uh, one, you know, this tomato plant in the sunshiny spot and this one in the in the shade, or what will happen if we plant this pansy seed upside down, and and seeing kind of these questions, and again, some things are going to fail, as we know. Um, I definitely have not mastered the green thumb as you have. Yeah, but you know what my saying is: failure is fertilizer. Exactly. Take it and put it on the compost pile and grow a new exactly. garden. Exactly, and sometimes too, those little mufatis in the garden that you started out to make something, maybe that took over something else and it created something beautiful, or maybe it turned out and it acts somehow, you know, pollinated with something else and created some crazy hybrid. It's another learning experience. And to literally talk about, you know, the birds and the bees, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be um, coming from a reproductive or, or, or sexual standpoint, but as you know, it's a, you should always start at every age to talk about growth and, and, and these things, and what better part is in the garden, the things literally have, you talk about, in order, every plant um, relies on animals to survive, even the ones that we don't think of just eating plants, and you think of that a bee needs to, in order for those plants to make more plants and to flower and make seeds, they need the help of other things, so think of a bee getting the pollen and bringing it to another plant, and the wind blowing it, the water blowing it, talking about well, you know, all these things that's so life. interesting that you're talking about that, like the the wind bringing something in, bring it to the stem and the pistol. I mean, you can explain, you can tear open a a plant and explain things in a very child way, but in a way that they'll understand. Of this is how there, this is how something grows. This is how the flower makes a baby. That the bee, those ways that you can make those 
connections at an early stage uh, so that later in life, and I think that kind of eases in, helps parents, you know, with that kind of thing, but gets, gets that understanding of just life overall, of how things grow, of how we need things. And well, you know what I would suggest for something like that, because I think this is such a great uh, idea for kids, is that they would perhaps keep a nature a journal. And oh, so they could great. go outside. It just could be a notebook. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. And they can really jot down what they see. You know, so like when they turn over a rock and there's like a little frog under it, or maybe there is a beetle or something, yeah. they can write down all the interesting things they see in the garden because it's a garden is alive. It's not static. And there's so much activity going on. So I think it would be very fun and if they have a nature discovery uh, and they could even get their friends involved and do it throughout the neighborhood. Yeah, and I think that's also, too, that parents can set that up of, okay, Try to find this and try to find this. And talking all about, you know, the imagination. Like a treasure hunt. Like a treasure hunt. Exactly. Imagination and curiosity with that is that they can probably, you know, draw on these. You're writing. They can create stories and characters about things. And we know that when you're a child, you see that look when a child's eyes, when they light up, when you just learn something. I feel as an adult that, aha, meaning it's so exciting and fun when we learn something for the first time or we see something. It's amazing. It's so special. The garden is like that. This is a whole new world they don't understand yet. And I'm still I'm still learning all about it, I feel. Um, but you know but what, Heather, when you say that you're still learning and creativity, just the, the, the foundations when we get back to it of everything in our life. Right. But when you say you're still learning, we're all still learning. Yeah. And that's what I love about gardening. You never ever, ever are the complete expert. I mean, I learned it from my mother, she learned it from her mother, you're learning it from me. Hopefully one day when you have kids, they'll learn it from you. Wonderful thing about nature and being outdoors and gardening is it's something that you create a legacy and you pass down and you you share all your information. And this is what I love about gardeners in general is that gardens are to share. And mm-hmm. I have never met a gardener that doesn't want to share a snip of this, a clip of that, a bulb of that. You know, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, look at my bounty. Or here, here's some vegetables, here's some herbs. And it, it doesn't matter... You know, um, it doesn't matter if you grow them in your own garden. (laughs) Gardeners share with each other, and that's really important. I think, honestly, that the biggest takeaway, I think, of of gardening, I think, to share, which is just a a life lesson, is the sense of community it can bring. And that, you know, in life, I think, you know, being in the garden can bring that solitude, that nice, that calm, you know, I know for you, your thing, when you're stressed, you just want to be alone out in the garden. You want to you be out digging, having, and it's, you know, in your own peace time and having that alone time. Um, but I think something you realize about the garden is not only just with the animals um, that, you know, have to help and, and to pollinate things, but that you can have community gardens that you provide for other people. You make fruits and vegetables that you give to people. Um, you uh, can do this together as a family. I think it really brings that camaraderie. And when we plant something together, maybe it's a, a project um, you said mentioned about family members. 
having a legacy, something uh, I think is really special to do is planning something in honor of someone. And I think, too, that's a great way of teaching kids about about grief, but also about the whole circle of life that, you know, they may have left here, but now they're going to be in the ground and something beautiful is going to come out of, you know, something finding the beautiful out of tragedy and, and sorrow. For example, if someone passed, you could plant a lemon tree and say, you know, this is this is grandpa, this grandpa, this tree is in honor of grandpa, and this is grandpa's lemon tree. And I think it's And you know, that's, that's what we've always done. Pride. You know, yeah. we have Papa's memory garden. We always create memory gardens, and it, that is really, it is a very healing thing to do. To, uh, to if you have something that they, that the, your loved one has given you, uh, to, to, you know, make a little sign. Just a handmade mm-hmm. sign is fine. And every time you see, as you said, that lemon tree or, you know, the oak that's growing or a certain flower, you're going to remember that person and that memory will always be a part of you. And I really love that. The other thing I was going to say was about uh, when you were talking about how we give away the food because plants yeah. make food. and But what's so interesting, and I think, to teach your children is that plants make their own fuel. So they're food for people. They're food, you know, a plant is a food for animals. And we eat all kinds of plants. So like when kids eat a bowl of cereal, we're really eating grass. Yeah. You know, you have to think about what are we eating? So we can teach kids to be like a supermarket detective. And when the next one we go to the supermarket... Maybe they want to take their pencil and paper and they want to look at that breakfast cereal and they want to see the ingredients and they want to see exactly what kind of grass seed was in there that made it. What were the grains? Was it rice? Was it oats? Was it corn? Was it wheat? Um, Kids could grow their own popcorn grass. They could scatter some plain popcorn in a container and fill the soil, check it every day, water it, and then they will have a popcorn plant. I mean, there's so many fun things that kids could do. That will teach them about nature and also let them have fun. Yeah, and again, and just getting to life, if, if kids feel like, oh, you know, what is gardening? Gardening can teach you sorting, counting. You know, it's a mathematical thing. Uh, the scientific, of also think of matching, of a brain game for you, of needing to use that memory. Where did I plant these things? Is this the proper space? It also creates that sense of ownership and pride. I think, you know, when you plant something on your own, and whether it turns out great, or I think when you have to see the battles that it goes through and you want it to survive and you don't know am I giving it too much water or not enough is this the right spot it creates that love of something and that uh, that pride that I think is a good thing to start because we as we know when something is your own you treat it better you know you treat your house better your cars and you want to treat that sense of respect not only for themselves and things in life uh, but I think just overall of everything, and I think the garden is, is a great place, and you can really create a beautiful landscaping um, for your life. I mean, something, again, to share with people, um, but just something, an artistic view, I think, for yourself of just getting back into creativity and the imagination. I just think that's the biggest thing that happens when you put kids in the garden is you share this time with them, and then you just kind of explode. Like, this is their canvas, their first painting thing. And you know, I love that what you're saying, too, because we're going to be talking uh, with Renee Shepard in the next segment from Renee's Garden, and we're actually going to be talking about scatter seeds, in other words, a scatter garden. And I did something funny this year that I've never done before, and that is I took a whole bunch of, 
of seeds that are for vegetables, and that included lettuce and peppers and, you know, tomatoes and cantaloupe and all these things. You just things. went crazy. And I went crazy. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I just went crazy. I just threw them. I just threw them uh, in, the, in the garden, in the vegetable garden, and I'm going to see what takes. Yeah. Now, I was a little bit careful to not mix, like, the cucumbers with the squash because that wouldn't work. You know, there are some vegetables you don't want to plant that's next crazy. to each other. But I just scattered them and it's already fun seeing what's coming up, you know, and yeah, it's really fun. And I kind of think that it's going to be wonderful because the garden is going to be really full and there's some flowers in there too. And there's that big element of surprise. Surprise. And and you'll be like, I do not remember planting pumpkin here. I think that's so fun. Exactly. And uh, there are flowers in there. So the pollinators that are going to come or, or that I should say are already there. You know, I already have all different kinds of bees and butterflies so it's going to be really interesting to see actually as it matures but I think that is a fun thing for kids as far as their imagination. They can just yeah, throw it out there and see what comes. And as you just said about the insects, too, of that you'll be attracting, and the good and the bad, um, which brings up a whole other you know, learning idea from. But also think about putting up feeders of birds. I know we have a little, when I was in high school, I think uh, something from biology, we had to study, do this thing about watching the different birds that are outside of your house. And it actually, even though it started as a school actually made me see, God, how many different kinds of birds come around us and think, wow, when you kind of stop to look around, you see how much uh, beauty there is in it. So I think, again, being another thing just for nature. And my biggest takeaway, I just want to say with the garden, what I mentioned before, is it teaches so much, but the biggest thing is, I think, as we realize that um, as strong as we become and we know is that we really do need others in our life. We do need that sense of community. Just as the flowers, the plants do, it is part of life. And I think it's a great way to start with your kids of showing that stuff of loving nature, of loving others and sharing those moments together to do something better for not only their own health but also the environment is by starting a garden together. And if you're in a smaller space, that can be as simple as having a windowsill garden or maybe a kitchen garden or a bathroom garden or a balcony garden. And if you have more space, create a little bit more space in your backyard. But it'll be something beautiful, something special. And if you want to check out more things with uh, everything at the radio and the uh, as uh, well as the charity, go to bethestarur.com uh, as well as starstyleradio.com. Well, we love that, Heather. Thank you so much for that insight. We are such major gardeners because gardening is all about family. It's all about connecting. It's all about rejuvenating and living in close contact with Mother Nature. So how much better can that be? So thank you for joining us. You are listening to Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Whitney. And we're coming to you live on Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And we are going to be right back with an amazing, amazing innovator and pioneer in the garden industry. Renee Shepard will be joining us shortly. Do not go away. I love this woman. I'll be right back. So you stay with me. You are the star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called... Everything is show business, even when we go into the garden, right? Well, thank you for staying with me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where we bring you the pioneers on the planet. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and you are listening to Star Style, coming live to you on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, where we really aim to give you the tools to make your life more livable, fun, and happy. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk gardening, and today we are so honored to have a legendary innovator in the international gardening arena, Renee Shepard. Renee uh, started her mail-order company, Renee's uh, Shepherd's Garden Seed in 1985. She ran it until 1996. And then in 1998, she founded her current amazing company, Renee's Garden, which I know you all know about, where she offers select choices of seeds that are time-tested. And there, there's heirloom gourmet vegetables, there's culinary herbs, and there's all kinds of great cutting flowers. So hello, Renee, and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thanks very much. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Well, I'm just so happy to have you. I have always just looked up to you, whether you know it or not. When I was writing the book Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul with my team, you were kind enough to write a lovely, beautiful endorsement for the book. And you also sent us some seeds to give away as gifts. And I I don't know, I just became a fan ever since. And I know that your garden seeds are coveted really throughout the U.S. and Canada. But I would really love to know a little bit more about your background and how you decided to go into the seed business because you really, really are a consummate gardener. Well, thank you very much. I actually got involved in the garden business because of a soccer, a pickup soccer game I used to play. Obviously, this is many years ago, but I live on four acres in the Santa Cruz Mountains, which is 
halfway between San Francisco and Monterey. Um, it's an area where there's a lot of redwoods, and I was um, a graduate student um, just finishing up, and we lived on four acres and um, kind of the semi-rural area, and we used to have a pickup soccer game, and we invited all the Europeans we could because back in those long-ago days of the late 80s, most of us didn't really know how to play soccer. We sort of played some kind of strange version of touch football. So we always right, but the Europeans teams. know soccer for sure. Right. I met a um, the husband of another graduate student from Holland. He was already in the seed business and had come to California to sell Dutch seeds to the um, California salad growers. Um, we all became really good friends. And after a while, I always had a garden because my grandmother and mom gardened. And he looked at my garden and he said. Well, do you want some really good tasting things or just this stuff? And Dutch people are very blunt. And I said, well, of course I want the best tasting things. And he's the first one who started me off with Dutch carrots and French tomatoes and different wonderful things for people who grow garden where you're going to pick it frequently and cook with it. And then he said, well, you know, you're, you can write, so why don't, and you're always complaining about this and that of the varieties you have, why don't you start a seed company and I will help you get the seeds at the first and help you learn the ropes, which he did and I did. So I mortgaged our house and I started a seed company and then I stayed then that's what I've been doing ever since. That is a wonderful backstory. I never knew that story and I just think it's so amazing that it started with a soccer game and meeting somebody, you know, that was from Holland because this is one of the things about you is that you do have these gourmet seeds and that is and they everything that grows it I'm where we're talking the herbs and the vegetables here they really really are delicious now something that I've also honored about you is you actually as a writer you write all the descriptions on your seeds right I write all the packet copy the how to grow it because Everything that we sell, our job is to find the varieties, trial them carefully and evaluate them, choose the best one that we think is best for home gardeners, and then I write the packet copy. We take pictures from our trial gardens, and that's how we create the packets, and all our packets have watercolor illustrations, which are basically taken from photos that we take in our trial gardens, and we try to have trial gardens. Our main trial garden is here still in that old soccer field, ironically, and, oh, gosh, and, that's great. Uh, uh, and we're in a part of California where we get quite a bit of frost, so we actually mimic um, a shorter season than you might think. But we also have a trial garden in really cold Vermont, Zone 4, up in Seattle and Florida. So I, anything new I trial in those other climate zones as well. But, yes, I do trial everything evaluate everything, and write the packets for things. Well, I was wondering about the different areas where you do the trials. How did you choose those particular states? Were you just trying to get a good feeling for the different parts of the United States and what would grow where? I'm afraid I never run my life in a very logical way. Um, (laughs) That's why we love you, Renee. You know, (laughs) what gardener is logical, please? (laughs) No, you know, uh, what you end up doing in life is usually serendipity. Um, I have a really good friend who I've known for years, and he started the student garden at Middlebury College. He still runs it, and that is our garden in the cold climate in Middlebury, Vermont. I have my sister lives in Seattle on a decent-sized piece of land, so she runs the trial garden, and then I have a really good friend in uh, in the Tampa area, but those other three gardens are mostly after we've chosen a variety that we want to put in a packet and sell for Renee's garden, 
then we send it, next year we send it to those three places to make sure it'll grow there as well. So are you still, you know, gathering seeds from your friend from Holland or other colleagues that you probably have met? Because you're an international speaker, you're at all the different conferences. I was fortunate enough to actually meet you uh, when I was speaking this um, this past year at the National Garden Symposium for the Garden Writers. But do you, is it? Are you still gra- gathering your seeds from other areas from people that you love and trust? Well, the seed trade is actually a very international one by its very nature, and while. A lot of people like to think that seed companies grow all their seeds in the backyard or with small growers. It works when you only need, you know, an ounce or, you know, maybe 50 pounds of beans, but I'm selling 2,000 pounds of beans and a couple pounds of tomato seed and probably 500 pounds of sunflower seed. So you have to go to seed producers. So we, like most packet seed companies, um, buy seeds from reputable seed producers, large and small, pretty much all over the world. So that extends from small organic growers here in California or Oregon or back east all the way to a very old French companies that uh, are, sell a lot of heirloom varieties. So we buy seeds from, I would say, obviously the United States, Chile, Peru, Italy, still um, the Netherlands, France, uh, let's see, just about all over Europe I've been buying a lot of seeds for, for example, we're just starting going to start selling paprika peppers. So for those, I went to Hungary. I usually try to buy seeds in their country of origin. So if I'm selling you basil, it actually came from Italy and, and that kind of thing. So just about all over, and I, I meet our seed growers um, usually once or twice a year. There's a conference where a lot of people come or we keep in touch, and the advent of the Internet obviously has made that a lot easier. So it's a great way to encourage small growers and also work with traditional breeders. This is exciting. For those of you who are just joining us, we are talking to Renee Shepard. She is the owner and founder of Renee's Garden. Her website is reneesgarden.com. You were just talking about certified organic seeds and then heirlooms and then some of the international hybrids and stuff. So these are all, Do you when you, go, when you travel and you find all these seeds, Renee, then you bring them back to your gardens and you test them in your trial gardens. How long do the trials last? Do you do it one season, two season? How does that work? At least two. Let's say we're looking at a new variety. For example, right now we grew a little mini purple daikon radish that's really unique. And we grew it for the first time in the spring. We'll grow it again in the fall. And if we like it as much as we did the first time, then next year we would send it to our other trail gardeners to see how it performs there. So usually two years. And we also, in our trail garden, besides trying new varieties, um, we try to um, try try a lot of um, the things that we already sell to make the germ- make sure that the germination and appearance of things. And I sell a lot of flowers where I make up blends and mixes and a lot of mescaline or baby leaf mixes where I grow all the individual varieties separately and then make up a blend so that when my customers uh, sow the blend, they, they, they are going to get a good combination of mouthfeel and flavor and crunch and good texture so that it really comes, it really is something they're going to want to enjoy. And so it's really going to be a garden fresh salad that is of different, you know, all the different varieties. Right. But we grow them, we, we choose which goes in which. And on the flowers, 
I'm trying to produce packets that will give people kind of instant bouquets. So if I make a mix of zinnias, I'm going to grow all the colors and then choose which ones to blend together. So there's a lot of things that go into having the trial garden. You know, this is really fun, and that gets me to what I wanted to talk to you about today, where the scatter garden seeds, because I think this is a really great way to, you know, to be able to go out and and throw the seeds and to see what comes up. So talk to us a little bit about how you chose. You have five different uh, scatter garden seed um seed tubes right now and I just think they're wonderful because you have a cut flower garden that's called the endless bouquet you have California native orange poppies you have the annual wildflowers you also have like the pollinator uh, the pollinator uh, flower garden and then you have cover crops so um, tell us a little bit about this and how you like people to use them and and who these are best suited for well these are flower mixtures. The cover crop is cover crop seeds, obviously. They come in a can that looks something like an oatmeal canister, and the, but the large label that goes on that gives me a place to put quite explicit growing instructions, which is great. And they're all mixes that we have selected. And I guess I would say that I do the opposite of what you were describing in your early uh, your earlier segment because we have carefully selected the varieties that go in there to make sure that they grow evenly and that you won't get a lot of weeds and other stuff. But, for example, for the um, bouquet flowers, our newest scatter can, um, there's enough seed to plant about four or 500 square feet in each of these cans, some of them a little more, some of them a little less. And we give instructions on how to, uh, and then we take that seed, we make a mixture, and we mix that seed with organic rice hulls. Um, in the can, and that's to help spread the seeds so they won't be too close together. And then you take the can and you shake it up, and then you have prepared your ground, break up all the clods and rake it fine. You scatter the seeds like kind of like grass seed, trying to make them be about an inch apart, most of the seeds, and then you rake them in and tamp them down and water them, and they come up and you get kind of a little meadow of whatever the theme is. So on the on the bouquet seeds... Um, there's a lot of spring flowers, mid-season, and then flowers, so you have ones that bloom later in the season. So you have flowers for bouquets through the whole garden season. And there's also a carefully contrived range of colors. So you can have bouquets for pink, blue, lavender, uh, cream colors, and also hot colors like yellow, orange, red, that, that kind of thing. So... That would be bouquet flowers. We've done the same with pollinators. If you're trying to encourage pollinators, we have a pollinator mix that will encourage not just butterflies, hummingbirds, and honeybees, but a lot of other native pollinators. And, again, we've carefully selected the mix. We put the seed in the can mixed with the organic rice hulls, and you basically sow it by that, um, you know, loosely uh, shaking it uh, through your uh, hands, kind of like grass seed, but you try and get the seeds a little farther apart. Uh, tamp it in, rake it down, and then let it come up. And, See, I uh, really love that. I really love that um, you're talking about this. And what I really enjoy and honor is the fact that you have carefully selected the seeds, not only for color, but to eliminate 
the weeds because I know before I uh, was turned on to Renee's garden seeds and I would get, you know, these different kind of meadow mixtures and stuff and all these wildflowers. I got more weeds than anything else. And I just was, I really hated it. I just hated it. And so it's exciting to know that Renee's garden, that you really go that extra step to eliminate all the weeds so that when people buy your seeds, they're going to really get what, what they're buying. And to me, well, that's, uh, that's important. Well, that's true. And if they'll sow them according to our uh, instructions, they'll get exactly what they're, they're hoping for. Right. And what I did in my vegetable garden this year, just to be different, because I'd never done it, it wasn't, um, what I did is I just took different seeds and mixed them together to see what would come up. I've never done that. I've always been really specific about my tomatoes go here, you know, my eggplant go here, all the different things. And I'm just, I'm just letting it do its own thing. And so far, it looks really great. It's really great. And, of course, I have a lot of nasturgeon and calendula that are coming in, and they bring in a lot of the pollinators, which I love. Now, let's talk about your books before we run out of time. You have written three books, if I'm correct, Recipes from a Kitchen Garden, more Recipes from a Kitchen Garden, and your newest one is Renee's Garden Cookbook, which I think sounds just amazing that it has gardening advice and recipes. So you really enjoy cooking, it sounds like. Well, you know, over the years, I've introduced a lot of things like dinosaur kale, the very first baby leaf mescaline mixes. I encourage people to try growing uh, wasabi arugula, radicchio, um, and therefore I needed to have recipes for each of them because it's and if I've convinced you finally to try some Romano beans and French fillet beans and um, some edamame beans, you're going to have these huge harvests. They're going to come, and you may use the three ideas you have for beans, but I have always felt, because I have this huge trial garden, that I need to come up with new ideas for enjoying what you're growing. So the cookbooks are an outgrowth of growing things and then using them well as sort of the final part of the cycle of growing a garden and the emphasis is on what I kind of call Thursday night cooking. In other words, everyday meals that, that certainly could serve for company, but that are also uh, accessible and easy to make. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I've always done recipes. I have a cooking partner. For a long time, we tried to do recipes for just about everything we grew every year. And these are separate collections with fresh recipes for um, all the common garden vegetables. So that is, that's so wonderful, you know, and I especially love your uh, wasabi arugula. I'm in a huge arugula fan, and that comes up so beautifully and full. I, I, I'm crazy about it, as well as your dinosaur kale. I'm crazy about that as too. But I love your seeds, and I'm going to have to check out your Renee's Garden Cookbook. Let's give out your website, Renee. It's just so ha so wonderful to have you here on the show with us to share all your expertise. So I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's reneesgarden.com, and that's spelled R-E-N-E-E-S, and then garden.com. So check out Renee's Garden for not only the seeds, but for the cookbooks. And what you're going to love is all her tips on how to grow things. I should also mention that you have a terrific newsletter, right? You have about yes, 35,000. We have a monthly newsletter that always has the recipe, what's going on in our trial garden, and a feature article. And if you do go to the website, if you click on each variety, you can see photos and then all the how to grow it information. And 
we have a lot of other resources because basically my well website is oriented toward fellow kitchen gardeners. Well, that couldn't be any better than that. So reneesgarden.com and truly the website is just filled with information. You'll find heirloom gourmet vegetable flowers, herb seeds, and then just a plethora of gardening inspiration and information to make you the garden star you were born to be. Renee, thank you so much for joining me here on Star Style. Be the star you are. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. I've enjoyed talking with you. Well, this is so great. Renee'sGarden.com. Just don't miss out on Renee's seeds because they really do sprout and you won't find any weeds. So you're going to love it. Renee'sGarden.com. When we come back from break, we are going to meet another innovator in the nursery business. It'll be Jim Berry from J. Berry Nursery in Texas. You are listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And we'll be right back with more garden fun. Don't go away. The star you are. The star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business well, we certainly appreciate you staying for our Garden Gathering Gala, and you're going to be happy you are still romping in the outdoors with us because we have so much more to come that will entice and encourage you to get outside and dig in the dirt. About a year and a half ago, Tamara Felix of J. Berry Nursery contacted me to see if I would trial a couple of azaleas and hibiscus. She was such a delight to work with that I became a big fan of J. Berry Nursery, and then I was thrilled to actually meet her at the Garden Writers National Symposium, where I was a lecturer and speaker. Now, the latest innovations offered by J. Berry Nursery are super exciting, and today we are going to meet Jim Berry, who is a seasoned award-winning nurse 
nurseryman with a passion and vision for the horticultural industry. He's also the owner and founder of J. Berry Nursery. Hello, Jim, and welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Well, thank you, Cynthia. Hello to everybody. Uh, you and Renee made me hungry talking about kale and arugula. I know. I love those things, too. And, you know, she has a, Renee Shepard has a new cookbook out, and I'm, I'm going to have to check that out because there's just nothing, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing better than going into the garden and picking your dinner. So I'm all over that. <laughs> well, let's talk about you and what you have accomplished. I understand that it's about 10 years ago that you and Jonathan Berry launched Jerry Berry Nursery. So you are located in Texas, and I would love to know about your beginnings and what drew you to establish your company. Well, this, uh, you know, I'm, I've been in the ornamental horticulture business all my professional life, and about uh, 11 years ago, we thought that there was an opportunity to uh, explore new opportunities. Uh, we, I was in Alabama and in the nursery business and had had success with uh, product innovation. And Texas was our home state, so we thought the climate, economic climate was right, and the opportunity and and. Our uh, vision of the market was clear to me, so we found a way to establish ourselves uh, in in Texas ten years ago this year. And well, uh, congratulations it, on a ten year anniversary! Because you know, starting any new business is definitely challenging, and you have come out with some really new developments. So I want to talk about what you are offering now at J. Berry Nursery. You have the J. Berry Genetics. There, This is interesting, the Black Diamond Crepe Myrtles, the Hollywood Hibiscus, the Deja Blue Mazelias, and then you have a new line of Hardy Hibiscus that you're calling Super Superhero Hibiscus. So. Well, I'm excited about all of those. The uh, superhero hardy hibiscus uh, are, is a few years away from the market. So let's talk about what the public can uh, find today. Exactly. That's what I wanted you to, to talk about is what are they going to be able to get? Well, how about the black diamond crepe myrtles? I mean, these have these beautiful purple, deep purple leaves and you can have them in different sizes. Can you tell us more about those? Yes, certainly. Uh, the Black Diamond Crepe Myrtles is uh, our, our headliner product right now. The leaves are deep black, if not uh, deep maroon. And the uh, flowers are prolific in reds, white, pink, and purple. They have tremendous disease resistance. And occasionally you find an innovation that is will transform a market. So from the ordinary crepe myrtles that are green leaves, these are black, they're exciting, they have uh, pest resistance, and they've been well-received. Uh, the public can find them at uh, Home Depot and Lowe's and, and Walmart uh, in, in crepe myrtle country. And then we uh, 
also are very excited about the Deja Bloom azaleas. They will bloom in summer, fall, and spring. See, that's really exciting when you get a plant that can bloom just about all year round almost. To have three seasons of blooms, that's huge. That, that is huge. Uh, the, the colors are very bright and, and clear that stand out in the garden. And the foliage is uh, lustrous green. And it so happens that the same plant breeder that did the black diamonds also had the vision and creativity and the skill to, de- to develop the Deja Bloom azaleas. Well, you know, when you talk about uh, developing an azalea or developing a new breed of crepe myrtles, what are we talking about in years of getting these to the point that they're ready for market? This must have been a really huge endeavor on your part and that of the breeder to find just the right mix. It is a long it, it is a long process. You know, if if I have an idea to to create something that solves problems or to to innovate something that is commercially useful already but can be improved upon, it may take three years after the conception of the idea to finally identify an individual plant that begins to conform with your vision. Well, you can't sell the first plant. You've got to multiply it. And in in the black diamonds and with the digital bloom azaleas, you multiply them through conventional propagation by cutting or tissue culture. So then it's uh, an additional three to five years before you continue to uh, study the plant and understand it and get get it propagated through multiple generations to prove that everything you think is true is true. So it's generously an eight-year project from conception to commercialization. See, and I think the general public doesn't realize how much work goes on behind the scenes before they go to a Home Depot or Lowe's or their favorite garden center or nursery to purchase a plant. You know, they just go and buy those gallons or five gallons or whatever, and they think, oh, you know, here it is. But there's so much that goes into it. Now, crepe myrtles have always been like one of my absolute favorite trees because to me, they are an all-year-round specimen, especially here in California. Even when they lose their leaves in the winter, the bark is so interesting. And then, you know, in the spring, their leaves are so, so beautiful, and then there's the blooms, and then they turn colors uh, in the fall. Will the black diamond crepe myrtle, since their foliage is already that deep maroon, purplish-black, will they turn colors in the fall as well? Well, they just stay the maroon. Okay. But, and uh, in, in the southern U.S., the problem with a lot of crepe myrtles is that they are so susceptible to disease that they defoliate start in, starting in August. So full, fall color is not every, ever fully realized. Uh, the black diamonds are resistant to the common pathogens, 
that cause leaf, uh, leaf defoliation. So, uh, you know, maroon is a wonderful fall color, as is yellow and red. So you do get to enjoy the uh, maroon tone in the fall landscape. So you don't apple. you don't ever have to spray the crepe myrtles or anything. They're not going to get anything. These crepe myrtles that you've developed are definitely just resistant to just about all different diseases. Yes, that's right. That's right, Cynthia. Well, let's give. I want to just give out your website and for those of you who are just tuning in right now. We are talking to Jim Barry. He is the founder of jberrynursery.com and they have just uh, come out with a couple of great innovations and right at the moment we're talking about the black diamond crepe myrtles as well as the deja bloom azaleas. Now something else that you're doing now that I was really, I thought it was stunning is your decorations and it's spelled like deck D-E-C-K-O-R-A-T-I-O-N-S which are planters that will have that come with one of your signature plants in it, and uh, including you are now developing a crepe myrtle that can actually be in a hanging basket as long as it's pruned accordingly. That sounds really exciting. Well, you know, with, on the, the decorations, we're real excited about that uh, concept. Uh, everybody's time is valuable, and living spaces are different than they were uh, 30 years ago, uh, people have front doors to decorate, uh, back poor decks to, to outdoor living space that they want life and beauty brought to. And they, I think there's a information void, a time void that people have about gardening. So it's, it's a matter of making it convenient and beautiful for gardeners that aren't really gardeners. but Well, and also I think what you're saying, it's making it easy for them because from what I know of being a really major gardener and being a garden writer is that most people, they are not gardeners, and they're, they want it just to be simple for them. They want to be able to plant something or have a pot, and have it grow, and that's what you're doing at Jayberry Nursery. You're giving it to them. Just it's like all ready to go. And these uh, containers were are stunning. I thought, you know, and they. I mean, they have a tin with black or or bronze, and they can say welcome or home. I mean, I really really liked them. Now, do we have a minute to talk about the Hollywood hibiscus? Because this is something that uh, Tamara had sent me a sample um, of it, and it's blooming beautifully. And I just think the colors are so exciting. Tell us about the Hollywood hibiscus. Uh, I, I, I wish we had an hour to talk about Hollywood hibiscus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we are so excited about what this can mean to the public. Uh, we work with a company in France that is a leading breeder of tropical hibiscus in Europe. We are their partner. Uh, I have been breeding tropical hibiscus for five years, and uh, what we are bringing to market is a uh, just a, an amazing depth of color and texture and flowers. Uh, I've selected for quality 
foliage, lustrous green foliage, uh, disease resistance, and a prolific bloom. So uh, I'm so glad that you've had a, a chance to experience the Hollywood hibiscus firsthand. Oh, I'm just, I'm absolutely just loving it. And of course, as always, Jim, we are running out of time. So I want to give out your website once again, jberrynursery.com. And for all our listeners, when you go to your garden center, you can ask for the J, the J. Berry collection, the decorations, which is their uh, flowering tropicals or ornamental shrubs in these beautiful decorative pots, the Hollywood hibiscus, which are big blooms and different colors, and of course, uh, the crepe made myrtles, which are these black diamond, beautiful crepe myrtles that come in a variety of colors. And everything that Jay Berry is doing, they are disease resistant, they are easy to grow, and they are multi flowering. And so they're so beautiful. And I am just delighted, Jim. To um, do, you know, to be a trial garden for you, and to report back to Tamara on what happens, because uh, I just think it's really, really fun to see what grows in different places, and as she will say, what the deer will eat and what they won't. So, Jim, thank you so much for coming on Star Style, be the star you are, and sharing your horticulture knowledge. It's always such a delight to talk to someone who really knows the garden and nature industry and has studied it and and is such an innovator as you. So I really thank you so much. Well, thank you, Cynthia, uh, for all that you do. And uh, I'm so glad to to have been with uh, you chatting today and hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. Again, the website, jberrynursery.com. Make sure to check it out. And thank you all for being great listeners and allowing me into your life every week. Make sure you're tuned to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here with Heather Brittany and I. We love being your personal growth success coaches. And we bring you the expert advice in fun, success, gardening from renowned people and pioneers on the planet. You can change your life, make your dreams come true, and enjoy every moment. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this show, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. For more information about Star Style or anything that I'm doing, go to CynthiaBrian.com. That's Brian with an R. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate See beyond your physical being, know you're already a star, and cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate every second. And go into the garden, because that's where life begins. Until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference, and get thyself into the garden. Until Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. next week, make it a great week. You are a star. Live it. Be the star you are. The star you
It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.